Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. And boy, do we have one for you today. You know, we talk about women's health, women's relationships, we talk about staying and feeling youthful, and we talk about finance. But we also talk about women in relationship to other women. And this is an important uh, discussion we're going to have today. Uh, on Women Speak, we've talked a lot about how women can succeed in business. We have many tips in here from experts about how to leverage our skills as women in leadership roles. And you know, every time I interview an author on this subject, we talk about how far we've come and how far we have to go as we continue to fight against the glass ceilings of today's corporations. And for some, they call it the velvet, velvet anchor as to what keeps us down in business and leadership. My amazing guest today has a different view and has studied women's, women's roles as successful business leaders in the 21st century. Dr. Baruti Regine is a developmental psychologist who received her master's and her doctorate degrees from Harvard University in Human Development. She has spent over 25 years as a psychologist in private practice, uh, was a visiting scholar at Wellesley Center for Research on Women, where she studied the power of stories as vehicles of change. She has co-authored the critically acclaimed book, The Soul at Work, Embracing Complexity, Science for Business Success, with her husband, renowned science writer, Roger Lewin. Baruti realized that the leaders in this book were men who had embraced a feminine side in their leadership style. Her new book was a labor of love that would take eight years and many delays before it was published. This amazing new book called Iron Butterflies, Women Transforming Themselves and the World puts femininity and masculinity into context. Baruti explores how women can help each other become iron butterflies and bring balance and well-being into a world that is sorely out of balance. It is my honor and my privilege to welcome Dr. Baruti Regine to Women Speak Conversations. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for being with us today. I'm so happy to have a conversation with you. This is an unbelievable book. Um, it's something, as I, as I was talking to you earlier, it just makes me feel good about what we're doing, we're all doing to help women. But, uh, let, well, first of all, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, I like to begin the conversations with talking about the personal, and this is definitely a personal piece, and it's a, it's definitely a labor of love, but... Just give me a little bit of a personal background. This book, Iron Butterflies, it's a wonderful contribution for women and women leadership. And how did this all begin for you? Well, um, I wrote a book with my husband called The Soul at Work, Embracing Complexity Science for Business Success. And at the end of that, I realized that, uh, that women were really in a position to lead in the 21st century and uh, that that, that their leadership skills, the things that have been marginalized for so long, their relational intelligence, their holistic perspective, their ability to see connection between things, their web thinking, all of those things were really pertinent to our inter interdependent and interconnected reality. And uh, so, so that was exciting to, to me. And I also realized that uh, at the end of it that the leaders we had spoken to in this book were primarily men. 
and they had embraced a more uh, feminine side to their leadership skills. So not only were they concerned with the bottom line, but they were also very concerned with the quality of relationships in an organization, you know, because that's really the source, how you relate to each other in an organization is the source of your culture. Uh, So I said, well, what's that balance, that sort of masculine-feminine balance look like in women? And so I began to interview business women, but quickly it went to women in all walks, you know, many different walks of life. And uh, I wasn't looking for what I call sperms with perms, which I named (laughs) (laughs) which I named it, which I named Amazon women because uh, they. Uh, and like the mythical Amazons who cut their breasts to be better warriors, these women yeah. disconnected from their feminine side in order to be successful. Wow. And I wasn't looking for the what I called shape changes, which is more the traditional woman who sacrifices herself and is everybody's support system but her own. Now, I don't disparage either of these because I've been both. I think most of us have swung between these things in trying to find that elusive balance. But it's a way women have adapted to a domination-based society. You know, you either dominate or be dominated. Right. And so I I talked to people, and I, um, I, you know, I wrote to these women out of the blue. They didn't know me, and 98% of them said yes, and some of the women that said yes were former Prime Minister of Canada, Kim Campbell, uh, former CEO of of PBS, Pat Mitchell, Barbara King-Solver, the novelist and environmentalist, uh, Congresswoman Eddie Bernice Johnson from Texas. And then, of course, there were the doctors, lawyers, uh, teachers, artists, dancers. I mean, it was quite a a range of women. And one of the women was uh, that really ended up being kind of a guiding light for me was an Aboriginal elder from Australia named Violet. Yeah, I love and that af- story. That was great. Yeah, and at the end of that, uh, you know, she she initiated me in her ways, which was thrilling for me, obviously. It wasn't something I expected. Uh, but at the end of it, uh, she said to me, women hold the wisdom, men hold the love. That's how it should be. Oh, wow. And I thought, that's exactly. That was exactly my reaction, too. I said, wait a minute, that sounds really <laughs> not yeah, my experience in the world. Yeah. I've, I've thought yeah. a lot about that. I've thought a lot about that phrase. It, you know, First of all, it guided me in the book. Why do I have to uncover wis- women's wisdom in the first place? And what's right, when it's always been there. Love? Yeah, right. absolutely. But, but also, you know, that I think that what she was pointing to is that men and women both hold the wisdom and the love, but we're right. a little lopsided yeah. in our recognition of it. Right, right. Well, and, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that I am the, the mother of three daughters and I am the grandmother of seven granddaughters. We do, I do not have any sons. I do not have any grandsons. I do have son-in-laws, but, uh, you know. Yeah, and I, I, and I, and I guess thinking, you would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I get good men. They come that way. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that the reaction, I, I like to watch or I, I watch carefully the reaction of people when I tell them that because I, I am a psychologist. I work with women. My website is womenspeak.com. But, I mean, I, it's, it's sometimes the reaction. And there, and there usually is kind of a, a, mac, a mix and match. But, but oftentimes there is, you know, that the sadness and go, oh, you don't have any boys. That's too bad, you know. And, and, and I'm wondering if, if in our society we still have this difficulty that, you know, when you ask a woman when she's pregnant, for example, what do you want, a boy or a girl? You know, if, if the man is standing there, well, we want a boy, you know. I mean, it's it's sometimes an interesting 
thing that goes on in our society still. And and so, but your book is really talking about something very positive, and I believe it is going on in in, in the world as we speak. Is that women are are taking their feminine power and their feminine mystique, and they're bringing it into the workplace, and they're not trying trying to be good old boys. Isn't that that's kind of right. what's going on? Yeah, exactly, and that's actually revolutionary. I mean, women have learned men's ways. I mean, in the 80s, we all went to the flooded the male-dominated work environments, you know, with our padded shoulders and, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, um, and I, but, yeah, and I, and I wore I wore ties. I, at one but, point I wore... Uh, very, very uh, masculine-looking suits and ties, and I think that was something we also did. And it was, you know, again, we kept trying in some ways to to emulate ourselves so that somehow we would fit into the workplace better. Well, that's right, and and I think there was some benefit because we did learn more masculine styles of you know get to that goal, you know, uh, and uh, you know we connected more to those kinds of energies, but. Um, but I think a lot of women lost their balance along the way, and uh, and then started and went. Many of the women in my book really actually went through a period of depression. Uh, they were very successful, and then they said, "Wait a minute, what's this all about?" And you know, I have everything that I'm supposed to have, but yet I don't feel satisfied. Uh-huh. Uh, and Deborah Rosada Shaw was one of those women. She uh, grew up in the Bronx, uh, was uh, from in a very poor family. Uh, and managed to build a multi-million dollar company called Umbrella Plus. And there she was, you know, with all the fancy jewels and the cars and the homes, and she mm-hmm. went into a soul crisis and says, so, um, is this what it's all about for you, Deborah, um, Umbrella Girl? And she went into a depression, couldn't do anything but listen to motivational tapes for several months yeah. uh, because she was trying to recover, you know, and I have to – as a psychologist, you know these moments of pause are so important. Sure. You know, that you think you're in a very slump. You think nothing is happening, but actually a lot is happening. Uh, you're shedding an old skin. I call it the cocoon phase. It's, yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty. It's very mushy, you know, but it's an opportunity where you can really actually get that balance you're looking for and you can also um, connect to a more authentic self. And that's what happened for her. Uh-huh. Uh, she managed to uh, pull herself in, out of it enough to uh, apply for an award with the Avon for the Entrepreneurial Award, and, and she won it. Uh-huh. And when she stood at the at the um, at the ceremony, she told her story, and then all of her aspects of her life came together. She claimed the feminine side, the streetwise kid, uh, all of those things, and 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 became an iron butterfly at that moment. She was yeah. you know, she accepted all that she was. Yeah. Let, let, let's she, talk about let's talk about that definition a minute. But I, I just wanna throw something out to you and I don't know if you experience this since we're kind of sharing some of these these personal events that have occurred for women because one of the things that I'm very, very, uh, very much a proponent of, of is uh, mentoring. And so, all you know, again, all these women are very much mentors, but just the fact that they were willing to take time and, and sit down with you and do their interviewing, as knowing that it would be helpful to so many people, just uh, definitely describes what a mentor is. But but I, I remember when I was working on my doctorate that, you know, I did, I worked, I worked, uh, I had my children, I went to school, went through school with children, so so that I still remember when I was working on my doctorate that uh, uh, women would, uh, I, you know, kind of question me about what I was doing and, uh, uh, you know, I said, well, how can you leave, you know, how can you do that? How can you, 
uh, go to, you know, leave your children and do this and have your husband do all these things. And, and, and to me, it, it was very isolating. You know, for me, sometimes it was very isolating uh, from other women that, uh, that saw me, uh, didn't see, didn't, didn't, did not lift me up, did not really, uh, you know, encourage me, but in, in some ways discouraged me and sometimes even, even, you know, I felt a little, even tried to make me feel guilty that I was actually trying to improve my status because oftentimes I would say, well, I'm doing this for my daughters. I want my daughters to know that they can do anything in this world, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this will be a good example. Did you ever have that experience? Well, you know, I, you know, I, I think women are so, can be very hard on each other, and yeah. my rule of thumb is, you know, Let's not judge each other about the choices we make in terms of motherhood and career because it doesn't matter how you bring that balance. We're always guilty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, well, we yeah, always... we, we, we have the guilt sense. We've got that gene, I believe. It, we've got somewhere. that. We've got that already implanted, and we know, we don't need our sisters to keep. N- no, you know, no, and and, and I guess that's on. what always surprised me, Baruti, was the fact that I thought women would really say, "Wow." You know, yeah. good for you. Go, you go, I girl. Go, go, better, go, go. You know? I think it's getting better now, though. I think. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I know my daughter. She has two small children. She's going back to work, but she, her boss is a woman who really understands that she has children and tries to support her. You know, uh-huh. small children uh-huh. tries to support her, and I think that our, you know, previous generation that wasn't there at all. No. You know, no. It, and and so I think things are moving definitely in the right direction, and I think women, I mean now women are supporting each other professionally in a way that they've never done before. I mean just look at all the organizations out there that are just, the whole point is supporting women in their professions. Yeah, and there, so, and there was nothing like that. I I know when I was working in my doctorate, it was, there were professional no, there were, organizations yeah. you could join, but again they were they were co-ed, they were men and women, so. But n- nothing really that uh, spoke to women individually. But you know, I'm still hearing women in the workplace saying, "We really, I'm desperately wanting a mentor, and I, I'd love to have a female mentor." And so, I, you know, I think I think this is something that really this book can really bring out even more strongly that that evolution in, in corporate America, as far as leadership, especially, uh, we need more women leaders for for one thing. Oh, we do. We do, yeah. and and they and they really make a difference on the bottom line. You know, Fortune 500 companies that aggressively promote women into leadership positions always do better, better financially. Yeah. You know, so it's not just a good thing to do, but it's actually good business to do it. So. Yeah. I think I think they're definitely making strides in that. But you know, they talked about about the battle of the sexes, but I'm not sure that that battle exists more so with between women that we really may need to resolve that more quickly probably than anything. So uh, I think that's your a book, great point. And I think your book really lends to that and and I'm I'm very excited about that. No, that's okay, a really well, let's, important. Okay, let's just talk a little bit about something, you know, that's really important. Let's talk about leadership because what what is the difference between uh women that are successful as as leaders? And you've talked to so many of them, and, and again, they they did. I mean, there's nobody that's ever been through, become a, a a really competent, capable, caring leader that has not gone through tough times. You know, if they if they went straight through school and did everything, and everything just went boom, 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 completely in order, 
that's not the case, but what are some of the things that the women, especially in some of these leadership roles, that you began to glean in talking to them over and over, even from the, the aboriginal woman, uh, you know, the, the, the I guess she would be like the medicine woman. Was she like the medicine woman of her tribe? Or? She, was a gate, she was a gatekeeper of the secrets, I think is what the gatekeeper. title that's even That's even better. That's even better. Yeah. But uh, what, what are some of the qualities that, again, maybe women should start thinking about if they're in their jobs and they're really aspiring to leadership roles? Well, you know, I think that, what real well what I found that was common among these women, which really surprised me, and therefore I, I knew I could trust this finding, was that was how they dealt with vulnerability. Now, vulnerability I'm defining as a profound openness. Uh-huh. Uh, and and uh, and if you think about it, how a leader deals with vulnerability says a lot about his leaders their leadership style. So um, we've been in a domination-based culture, which is power uses power over others. You know, so vulnerability is a really bad thing. It's only viewed as a weakness, and it's an right. opportunity to exploit or just diminish someone in order to elevate yourself. Right. But these women showed me that uh, the way when they could allow, you know, address, accept, and allow their own vulnerabilities, they were more forgiving with other people. And maybe forgiving isn't the right word, but it was more that they they allowed it. So. For instance, um, they, they could change vulnerabilities into new strengths. Uh, so, for instance, a vulnerability, let's say, of someone making a mistake. They created a trusting environment where a person felt, okay, they're not going to be diminished if they admit to making a mistake. In fact, they were celebrated for their courageous vulnerability in order to do that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And when you can admit to making a mistake, what you're doing is you're creating a situation for everybody to learn from it. And the right. learning organization is going to be the most adaptive organization. Right. And so, and so, and and of course, these women modeled it. They would say, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just made this horrible mistake." So they showed people it was okay. It's not the end of the world if you admit that you made yeah. a mistake. Yeah. But if you, but the problem is that most people will cover it up, and then one mistake covers another mistake, and before you know it, it cascades into a crisis. Yeah, or or they blame something or someone else, not That's take responsibility, right. which is That's, which is a huge issue, and comes to, comes really down to power and control. Who takes the fall, more or less? So what you're saying right. is, being vulnerable is also being fluid and flexible, but also being able to to look at all angles, look at all sides of a situation. And you may not always have the correct. You may not have always made the correct decision, but to learn from well, it. You know, and the other really amazing thing for me was that, you know, people who are connected to their vulnerability, the sense that they—it's our shared humanity. I mean, after all, uh, we're all vulnerable. People who are connected to it recognize their interdependence and interconnection to others. Someone who's not connected to their vulnerability, they don't care. They just do what they want to do. I don't need you. But um, when you're connected to your vulnerability, you're actually creating conditions for a more cooperative environment, more sure. collaborative environment, because people who are connected to it, to their vulnerability, tend to be more collaborative. And that's where the revolution that's happening that's hidden in plain sight is these, these women in their environments are creating more collaborative, cooperative environments. And by being, by, you know, allowing vulnerabilities, by creating a sense of mutuality with each other, and 
this is this is big news. I mean, this is really yeah. changing our world, yeah. and it's you won't see it on CNN. You won't no. see it on uh, and here on most radio stations. No, it's not it's, big it's, news. It's not big exciting but news. But it's really big news. It's really exciting news. I mean, like you said earlier, your your wishing your work is about you know helping women to self empower to yeah. become the leaders that they are. Well, you're part of this movement too. And my book is really just about saying, wow, these women are doing this in all different sectors, and they don't know other women are doing it. There's a movement happening here, and yeah. that's why I decided but, to call them Iron Butterflies, so that they could recognize and have a sense of solidarity with each other. Yeah, but we have to remember also what we're competing with, which is, again, the media, which, again, tells women to stay young and beautiful if you want to be loved, and tells men... If you want to be loved, you better stay. You better stay strong and powerful, and and be able to perform. So, you know, I think I think again, we as women have to continue to to look for uh, to to give women positive messages about who they are, without worrying about their size, about worrying how pretty they are, about worrying about how thin they are. And and I guess that's where we're again books like yours and books like mine and and. These uh, these things that we continue to talk about, we have to quietly go about doing these things and, and engage more and more women in this process. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's starting to change the conversation. That's been what I've been doing. I've been kind of going around the country, and women will gather other iron butterflies and start talking more about these issues and about how can we collaborate with each other. You know, collaboration is a very pretty complex thing oh, yeah. to do. There's nothing more exciting than getting five or six women in a room. And the amazing thing is you can leave a room with five or six women and be, have completely have a plan in place and, and, and be able to execute it as you walk out the door, which is to me the most phenomenal, exciting thing that I've ever done because I do, I've had the, I've had the fortune and made it a fortune, uh, you know, to, to surround myself with smart, amazing women who, who really, really treasure each other's talents and abilities. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the future. <laughs> that that's the future and that's what we're doing right now. So, you know, this is a great book and, and you know, you said in the book, I don't know where this information came from directly, but you said uh, women, it was the era of men for 5,400 years and now beginning 2010, this is the era for women. Uh, you know, I've been waiting. I've been working on this ever. since. Well, I, I can't remember when I wasn't working on women's issues. I've been a feminist ever since. I think I, I was uh, ever since I realized that somehow being uh, not being a boy was so different. But uh, right, you know, right. this, this this is something yep. that definitely is is very much uh, very much a part of uh, you know the new feminism, the new right. Movement. Because I think I know, young women young women don't understand uh, you know their history. They're, they don't understand their women's history. They haven't been taught their women's history, the women that before them uh, that really uh, made uh, so much headway for them. Well, that's part, that was part of the mission of my book, too. It's like the first half really kind of is a history of how we got to be where we are right now. Right. So that women, younger women recognize it. Because I was really disturbed when I would hear a lot of younger women saying, oh, I'm not a feminist. And I go, well, how do you think you got the job you got if not for Absolutely. what the feminists did? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, but, or but they, then you know that's 
I think it, it, you know the word got used, got stolen, you know, and exploited. You know, I think Rush Lumbaugh called well, it was it was that. made negative by Bernie right. Bras. You know, it was right. it was taken out of con- context instead of understanding that these are women that just wanted equal e- equality and balance in 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 the home and balance in the workplace and well, opportunity. Yeah, opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. Absolutely, opportunity, and for women to have a voice. Right. Know? Exactly. We we almost we almost got there this year, but I I understand they're really going to be pushing Hillary again for 2012. So I guess we'll see about that. But anyway, this is you know I really want people to read this book. It it really talks about women in a respect that they should take notice. You know the fact that we've really had this power for forever and ever. You know the hand that rocks the cradle, I still believe rocks the world. And with our sensitivity and with our caring and and our ability to see the big the whole picture, the big picture. Right. And like you said, the hand that rocks the cradle. I mean, my God, doesn't the, I mean, right now the world needs leaders who are healers. Yeah. I mean, that, it, it's yeah. not enough just to say, oh, we're going in this direction. I mean, because there is so much trauma, you know, that um, we yeah. have to recognize. Well, we need hope. We need hope. We need care. Yeah. We need to, we need to feel that we belong, that we're attached again, and that people do care. And this yep. is this is something that women know about. That's again our our nurturing nature to do so. And if we can bring it into leadership roles and into corporate America more and more, well, I don't know. I'll get, I'll throw this one out. I don't know if you, you didn't use this one, but this is one I'll throw out for you. Eighty-five percent of services and products are bought by women in the United States. We can control the market, and, and definitely we can. I mean, we have so much power, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yes, I, I know. I, I know that. <laughs> so, so we just need to keep keep reminding women, you know. Again, stop hurting your sisters, and right. Start uh, if we started empowering more women each and every day, we would not have the situations we had. You know, we would have women in leadership roles now that would be key to making huge decisions as far as the security of our country, the safety and the peace in our country and and in the world. So uh, we've got some work to do, don't we? We do have some work to do, (laughs) and we need everybody on board, too. Well, I, I'm on board, and, and uh, again, Women Speak, that's, that's the platform, is really helping women to understand that, that feminine power once again and to use it to make, a, to make the world a better place. And, yeah, and I, absolutely. And I know we can do that. And since this is our era, we better, start get, we better get going. I, and believe me, I'm doing my best with my $3 and my seven granddaughters. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I can I, just imagine I've got my own gatherings. Tro- <laughs> I've got my troop out there. Well, all right. Let's let's just kind of see if we can kind of uh, uh, formulate this and, and and put this into somewhat of a synopsis. That what what you're what we're both propon- uh, are proposing is the evolution of right. corporate America with more feminine leaders, uh, with using that feminine presence, collaboration, and that vulnerability. Uh, to to create a better workplace, uh, a, a caring workplace, where more which is more productive, and again, so, yeah. And I would I would say to women that you know, if you have if you're one of those bridge builders or one of those connectors or a yeah. collaborator, all those things that 
are often regarded with feminine and soft and touchy feely. Know that those are really powerful strengths. Fully embrace them. And uh, and if you and if you're in a position of leadership and you see those qualities coming out in somebody else, reward them. We have to begin yeah. to make that leadership more visible because it's not that visible. I mean, I've got stories with leaders doing really amazing work, but because it was so interactional and behind the scenes and. Uh, you know, nobody really recognized the level of skill it took to do it. So mm-hmm. instead, we still have this sort of masculine-infused view of leadership, which is, you know, I'm the leader, you follow me, you know, yeah. I'm, I have all yeah. the answers, as opposed to these women who bring people together and join together towards a collective effort. Yeah, but what, we, what we're learning more and more, both men and women that are successful leaders really have pleasing personalities, they're great listeners, they're great communicators, and they're great team players, and I think that's what we need to keep telling women. That's that's the strengths that we have and that we can use. You know, I'm I'm very excited. I'm a part of a think tank of women uh, who are we're in the process of developing a mentoring program for women in transition. These are women that we that oh, that, are, that want to get back into the workplace, and we want to help women to make uh, to evolve in the workplace, as you as you mentioned, into leadership roles. So, uh, you know, there's plenty of us out there. We just have to find each other. Well, that's it. Once those dots, you know, once those dots connect, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it, it, it is awesome, and it's and you know what? It's just so much fun. I'm I'm having a ball uh, talking with women like you and so many women because you're you're right. Once we start talking about it, you really can't get people to stop. It, it's no, hard to no, get people to stop. So no, and there's no turning but, back once you see it. You know, yeah. it's like. Well, the, the one thing we have to make sure of, because in your book you talk about w- women who wrote very powerful books many centuries ago that disappeared. We have to make sure that our books do not disappear, okay? <laughs> well, I'm trying. Uh, I know you are. All right, so how, how do they learn more about you, where to find this amazing book, and uh, what's coming up in your life? All right, well, um, come to my website, ironbutterflies.com. Join my fan page on Facebook, which is I Am Butterflies. Follow me on Twitter, which is I Am Butterflies. Uh, and uh, you can get my book at Amazon. But if you have a bookstore, I prefer that you go to and support your local bookstore to uh, su- you know keep them going because they're going That's through a hard idea. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, if you're interested in awakening the Iron Butterfly in you, I do uh, coaching and consulting. You can contact me through my website as well as uh, keep an eye out. I have retreats which are about awakening the iron butterfly. So, Wow. Okay. Well, we, we need to connect to those and link those to the, to, to the website because I, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in becoming. They already are. They probably don't know it, but they probably are iron butterflies, but they just need to re- realize and know what they're actually, they can call themselves. I well, love the term. I love the term. I, I may, I'm going to go ahead and steal it from you, so I'll go ahead and, and we'll get that word out for these. We'll just get the iron butterflies just working hard out there. So, but it's a, I wanna, that's, a re- that's a really important point you're making. It's, it, it's not like they have to get something they already have it yeah they you just know, have to remind it, themselves yeah right. they were born not, with it now now go ahead and use yeah. it right right thank you so much i i do so appreciate your time and your energy and your passion and your purpose you. and what you're doing to help other women and i applaud you you have helped me tremendously well thank you so much and I've, i love this conversation and i applaud you for the great work you're doing 
Well, thank you. Miss and let's stay Dr. in touch. Iron Butterfly. <laughs> yeah, iron, uh, from one Iron Butterfly to the other, you have a great day. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.